now I hear myself. Look at Jesus. Come on now. I'm ready now. Yeah, don't play with me. Y'all got all this technology and screens and musicians. You know, we got a laptop and uh, a tambourine and a little lady in the back with eight teeth. That's all we got down in Portland. And y'all think I'm playing, but she's got eight teeth. And she thanks God for every last one of them. Anyway, um, it is good to be in this space with y'all this morning. Um, I thought I had friends who pastored this church. Um, and after the events of this week, I was like, surely they're going to call and say, you know what, we need to handle some stuff. And I met up with Jamel yesterday, and uh, he said, you are still up. Whatever the Lord says, just run with it. We trust you. And I'm like, so thought I was going to get a rain check on this coming Sunday. <laughs> but when I looked at the passage that Matt sent me and um, really been praying and um, listening to what the Spirit have to say to this body, God's timing is always perfect. And so um, there won't be any deviation from what the pastors had already been praying and plotting out because I do believe that there is something in the book of James that God wants to speak to us. And so if you will go with me to your Bibles, I've just got a few points and then I'm headed back down to Portland because we got church in a little bit. Um, But I do believe the Holy Spirit has something for us today in James chapter 1. So James chapter 1, we're going to start. At verses 1 through 4. To the worship team, thank you for setting the table. Um, One of my favorite visuals um, on the Cosby show is when, uh, I can't remember which daughter it was, was it Sandra that brought home the fiancé? And Heathcliff and Claire, they couldn't, they couldn't tolerate this boy, and they really didn't know why they didn't like it. And finally, Heathcliff said, look, it's not your fault that we don't like you. Basically, she brought a steak home, and she served it to us on a garbage top. It's good meat, but because it's served to us on a garbage lid, it's kind of hard to receive. I need y'all to understand that worship sets the table for anything that God is preparing to serve us. It ain't got nothing to do with you. But it's God setting the atmosphere so that his word can flow to and through you so that we can be the word of God as we leave this place. And so to the worship team, and and I know that it's a challenge sometimes doing this and getting everybody's musical hmm-hmms together. But when we remember that worship is about him and not about us, and that I just want to press in to hear what the Father has to say to me. So when we come into this space, we sit at the table, and, and all they're doing is just setting the table so that we can receive the meal. Y'all did that this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. James 1, verses 1 through 4, and I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, and, um, and uh, I ask y'all to follow along with me. The word of the Lord reads like this. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the diaspora, greetings. Then he says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
I'm going to stop right there, but I'm going to start at verse 2 again. Because I feel like James is kind of setting us up, and right. it really didn't make a whole lot of sense. He says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall and meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, but you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. For a few moments, I'm going to tag this text, test prep, test prep. When you open up the book of James, many uh, Bible scholars believe that the book of James was written as one of the first letters to the early church, the early Christians. So James, the half-brother of Jesus, is writing this letter to the Jews who are now embraced Christianity. So he is writing it to, to, to new Christians who are walking this Christian faith. And when you look at the book of James, and one of my favorite books, we just uh, completed a Bible study at Grace through the book of James. It is not filled with a bunch of theology. It is not filled with a bunch of, of, of doctrine. It is practical, godly living. It is Christian life skills all day and twice on Sunday. Like he doesn't go deep. He just gives you the bare bones of what does it look like to live a godly life so that we can reflect the Christian walk. And so James is basically giving these early Christians who are spread across the diaspora, these, 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 these Christians who are African and Asian and, and spread all over the world, spread across the diaspora, he has given them the Christian utility belt in the book of James. And the first tool that he gives them when he starts this letter is this, count it all joy. Come on, yeah. Now I'm going to touch joy in a second. But I want to hit the comma right after the comma. He says, count it all joy when, everybody say when. When. Count it all joy when trials and tests come your way. He says, to my brothers and my sisters who are spread across the diaspora, who look like me and who don't look like me, but we are all united under one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. I want you to know that you need to have joy on your journey because trials are coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care where you live at. I don't care what you look like. I don't care how smart you are, how much money you have in your pocket. How many of you know that trials are coming? They are coming, and because they are coming, I need you to understand that there's some things that you need to have in your Christian utility belt. And so the first thing you need as you're going on this journey with Christ is that you need to count it all joy. And I think that if we just stop and reflect on this week, we have gone through some trials and some tests this week, y'all. Whether you were physically in the midst of everything that was going on or whether your faith had been shaken and tested through crazy conversations, social media, stuff that you see on the news, your faith has been shaken and stirred. Yeah, but, 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 but he gives us this, this first tool. He didn't say pray. He didn't say read scripture. He didn't say fast. He didn't say go into sackcloth and ashes. He didn't say sing. He says count it all joy. Excuse me? Come on. Have you seen the news? As a matter of fact, I don't even watch the news anymore because I'm tired of being depressed. I don't even go on Facebook anymore because I'm tired of arguing with trolls. I don't like looking at Twitter. I don't go on Instagram anymore. And you mean to tell me in the midst of all this stuff, Brother James, half-brother of Jesus, that you want me to count it all joy? There is nothing to be joyous about, Brother James. And see, that's where I got to stop y'all for a moment. And I just want to understand this very quickly. That when you understand that James did not say, be happy all the time. 
He didn't say, don't worry, be happy. What he said was, in matter of all the stuff that you're going through, consider joy. You've been angry. You've been mad. You've wanted to fight. You probably cussed a couple of people out. But consider joy. Now, when we look at the difference between joy and happiness, a lot of times people want to put the two things together. But, baby, how many of you know that joy and happiness are two totally different things? See, when you understand that happiness is predicated and rooted on what's happening, and there's really nothing to be happy about right now. Yeah, happiness is rooted in your journey while joy is rooted in eternity. See, happiness is happy. I'm happy when everything around me is going right. I'm happy when it's Friday, the work day is over, my check has been deposited, I'm going out to the club, and I look real good, and my fate is tight. I'm happy, right? Because everything has lined up the way that I want it to happen. But what happens when you work a 40-hour week, your check didn't hit the account, you ain't got no gas in your tank, and your kids are getting on your nerves? There's really nothing to be happy about in that particular situation. But James is telling us that we need to count it all joy. Why? Because joy is rooted in the eternal. Joy is not rooted in how I'm feeling or what's going on around me, but joy is rooted in who I'm with. Yeah, because even in the midst of all of that stuff, he's still God. He's still holy. He's still sovereign. He's still a keeper. He's still a deliverer. He's still a way maker. Oh, somebody's going to get it in a minute. You need to get out of your feelings and get a drill. When I realize that in the midst of all of this stuff that's going on, God ain't never lost control. God ain't never got mad at me. God has never taken his eyes off his children. God is still rocking me, loving me, caring me, caressing me, and delivering me. And he's right there when I need him. I understand that even though there is nothing happening that is making me happy, I can count it all joy because I know the one that I'm rolling with is still sitting high and looking low and he's got the whole world in the palm of his hands. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it all joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You've got to count it all joy because if I only walk around and live my life and when I'm happy, then, then depression begins to set in. Y'all know how it is. When you're not happy, man, it's... it's it's, it's not a good thing. It's, it's not that you're happy, then you get hungry. You're happy, then you get depressed. and You're happy, then you get stressed out. And, and before you know it, you, you, you're not even beginning to look like a Christian, right? As a matter of fact, some of you might even say, you know what, I, I'm saved, but I need my Holy Ghost to sit out on the corner right now because what's about to go down right now is not going to be very good. Oh, am I the only one that said that? Okay, right. Thank you very much, back row. I needed that right there, right? Because every now and then, even as a Christian, I don't feel like following Christ because the things that are happening, to me does not feel very Christ-like. Tell the truth. But James says this, count it all joy when trials come your way. Now check this out. The Greek word um, in trial, when you look at that, literally means count it all joy when you are being tested. The Greek word um, um, is, is, is tested, when you are being tested. So consider joy when you are being tested. That's what he's telling them. Like, as you are starting this Christian walk, as you are walking out your faith, as you are living for God, as you are pointing others to the cross and to the grave, as you are going, consider joy when you are going to be tested. That's some good stuff, y'all. Because when we understand that the tests are going to come, whether we like it or not, the tests are going to come and they're going to interrupt your peace. 
The tests are going to come and they're going to mess with what you thought was a Christian. And, and yeah. sometimes you got to yeah. look at your brothers yeah. and sisters in a way and, yeah. and sit in a space that sometimes is, is uncomfortable. And yeah. you got to be silent because the Holy Spirit told you not to speak in this moment. But everybody yeah. is talking stupid stuff around you and, and your flesh on the inside yeah. wants to go right here, right? Yeah. But the Lord says, put them paws down and, and pick my piece up and, yeah. and keep some things to yourself. And, and sometimes yeah. you got to sit there in the middle of the stuff. You, the only thing you can do in the midst of all of that is to use the joy of the spirit and say, okay, God, I'm, yeah. I'm going to consider joy. Because your joy is the only thing that's going to give me strength in this moment. Your, your joy is the only thing that is going to bring me through. Your joy is the only thing that's going to give me peace right now in this moment. In this moment. I need you. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. I need you, Lord. And, and, and here's this. When I begin to think about who he is and not just what's going on around me and, and who I'm rolling with, then my joy is renewed. Count it all joy, brothers and sisters, as you go throughout the journey. The second thing that this text gives us and there's just two points to this is that he says keep pushing towards perfection yeah he's he says to take joy with you and not allow what you're going through to negate who you're going with but the second thing you need to understand is this he says that the working of your faith the working of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be able to be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. So now that you have considered joy in the midst of the test, in the midst of the trials, keep going. Come on. This isn't your opportunity to tap out. This is not your time to give up. This is not your cue to walk away. This is not your time to throw in the towel. This is not your time to forget who you are or who you're with. But he says this. He says, keep going on. Yes, sir. Because check this out. A faith that ain't been tried ain't a faith that is true. That's it. Yeah, if, if, if I'm only a Christian when my numbers hit, if I'm only a Christian when I get a new car, if I can only thank the Lord when my house is brand new, if I can only thank the Lord when my kids are always acting right, then I would kind of worry about your faith when everything is going on. But in the midst of the heat, in the midst of the rain, in the midst of the storm, if I can still look up and say, God, I don't know what is going on. But what I do know is that you've got the control, you've got the power, I am your child, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So I'm just going to wait right here on you because my faith tells me that sooner or later you're going to work all things out for my good yeah 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 that's that's some good stuff right there he says you got to keep going keep keep persevering keep being steadfast you got to you got to keep moving some days you got to wake up in the morning and go I don't like that job but I thank God for the job and I'm going to keep on going uh, sometimes you got to say I don't like this man but I made a vow before the Lord and I'm going to make sure that this marriage works out because I want to honor God because I kept a vow and I believe that marriage works if I work marriage I don't like these kids but you gave them to me God and these are my children and I'm going to raise these children for your glory even though they get on my nerves sometimes they don't like me and I don't like them that's all right God because you gave them to me and you will give me what I need in order for them to be all that you called or created them to be you got to consider joy and you got to work your faith when you feel like your faith ain't working because all things are working together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose and even if I don't know how it's working I know that it is working for my good and I got to stand in what I know because that's what my faith tells me who I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trials come and they're going to work your faith, y'all. They're going to work your faith. But he says this, be steadfast, persevere, because the agitation is necessary. Come on. 
The agitation is necessary. If people are truly going to follow you to follow Christ, if people are truly going to follow you into one church, if people are truly going to follow you in this thing called righteousness and reconciliation, then every now and then it's got to be tried and tested before people will know that it is true. So what you going to do with the stuff that's been handed to you? Come on, come on. Will you consider joy? Let me, let, me, let me give you the last part of this, 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 this text because I think that this will encourage you to keep going. He says, look, he says, check this out. He said, if, uh, uh, um, and, and let steadfastness have its full effect, George. He says, that you may be perfect and complete, yes. lacking nothing. Let, like, keep pushing on. Keep pushing on. Like, it's, it's rough. It gets hard. But if you keep on going, you'll be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There is a process. It is a test. It is a trial. It is uncomfortable. But if you keep going, you'll be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Check this out. I've got a friend who has a chicken farm. And, uh, and we've been watching his chickens for a while. Now, the only thing I know about chicken as a Southern Fried Baptist preacher <laughs> is that you soak it in buttermilk, dip it in flour, fry it at 350 for about nine minutes on each side. Are you with me? Let the church say Amen. But my babies love all things that are animals and nature. They love farm life. They love animals. And I'm like, this is a great opportunity, a great experience for us to be able to look firsthand. And so we went through chicken training. <laughs> chicken training. We went through this chicken training. So we went over and, and we, we looked at the chickens and we learned how to feed the chicken and how to clean the chickens. Just FYI, chickens stink. Um, and we learned how to do all of this stuff. And he said, and here are some eggs. Now, these eggs you can eat. But these eggs right here are in an incubator, and we're looking for chicks to come out of these eggs. He says, so what I need you to understand is this. It does not matter what the egg looks like. The only responsibility that you need to do is to make sure that the incubator is on. Make sure that the light is on. It may seem too warm, but the light has been set at a specific temperature so that the babies inside the egg will be able to mature and come out in their due season. And, and, and listen, it takes, just FYI, it takes 20 to 21 days for a fully a baby chick to come out of the egg. But on day 20, the baby begins to pip. They call it a pip, right? Uh, begins to pip at the egg, right? And you'll notice small indentations in the egg. Now, now you may be thinking to yourself, well, I'm going to help this baby chick out and I'll crack the egg open and help the baby chick get out because I've really been excited to see this baby chick. But the reality of the matter is, is when you begin to see the chick pipping at the egg, you do not touch the egg. Right. Because it is extremely important for the baby chick to make its own way out of the shell so that it can be exactly what God had created it to be. See, the pipping away at the eggshell allows the baby chick to learn how to breathe. The pipping away at the eggshell allows the baby chick to develop certain muscles. The pipping away at the shell teaches the chick how to fight and how to endure. And so while you're sitting there looking at this egg and you see the chick struggling, and you may even see a wing or a beak or a feather or an eye, but the full chick has not come out. It is not your job. It is not your responsibility 
to help the chick out of the egg because God has designed that chicken to do everything that it needs to do so that it will make it through and break through out of the thing that has been holding it on. Check this out. He says, look, he says, count it all joy when you're going through trials. Be steadfast in what you're going through because the things that you are going through are perfecting you to be everything that God has called you and created you to be. And so while you feel like you can't take any more, let me encourage you that if you continue to chip away at the anger and chip away at the disappointment and chip away at the depression and chip away at the finances and chip away at the marriage, I declare and decree that sooner or later you will break forth out of the thing that has been holding you for so long and be everything that God has called you and created you to be. Don't get tired. Don't tap out. Don't give up because you're not complete, but you got to keep pipping so that you can be all that God has called you to be. Yeah. Who would have known a chicken could teach us so much? Because at the end of this journey that we're all on together, we will be complete and lacking nothing. <laughs> but that takes time, y'all. That takes time, y'all. It takes time to keep chipping away and your heart is hurt. It, it, it's something to keep chipping away and, and you got to bury your mama and your daddy. Yeah. Yeah. To keep chipping away and a birthday keeps passing. You keep thinking, what have I done with my life? Mm-hmm. To keep chipping away and wake up to one man being killed and then keep chipping away wake up and another man is killed and keep chipping away and then five more are killed like it, it just God what why where come on what give me a break but I go back to verse two consider joy consider joy to consider joy means that I am making a choice to take the joyful route yeah. James says, count it all joy when the stuff hits the fan. Consider joy. Because the tests are coming. The trials are coming. And there's nothing you can do to stop that. But what you can make a choice about is how you're going to go through it. So could I just give you a suggestion? Consider joy. Don't allow the stuff that you're going through to negate who you're going through it with. <laughs> we, we sung earlier, if our God is for us, then what can stand against us? Right. Yeah. And it's more than just an anthem we sing on Sunday. But this is my faith, y'all. This is what I believe. Hallelujah. So in the midst of this stupidness, I have to count it all joy. I ain't got no other choice. It's joy or death. It's joy or depression. And while I'm still trying to figure out who I am and what I'm going to be when I grow up, I know that God knows. And if I allow fear to keep me in one place, I'll never move forward. Or I'll be so afraid that I'll take off running and I'll run away from God. So I consider joy. I ain't got no other choice. I got five 
kids that I got to raise in this crazy world. God gave me that responsibility. And I could get upset and say, we're moving to Canada. Canada's crazy too. We're going to move to Europe. Europe's crazy too. We're going to move to Africa. Africa's crazy too. Or I can stand still and say, okay, God, here it comes again. I consider joy in this moment, and I need your joy to be my strength. I don't have the answers. I prayed until my eyes have turned red. I've cried until I have been dehydrated. Only thing I can do now is rest in your joy. Because your joy is my strength. And my faith tells me that you are a very present help. And my faith tells me that you will never leave me nor forsake me. And I've quoted those scriptures and I've read them to my children and I've heard the preacher preach over them a thousand million times. But now it's been put to the test. So what you gonna do? Consider joy. And check this out. Joy ain't this Joel Osteen smile on my face. Good morning. Joy says, I, I, this is not smiling right now. But I still know who he is. I know who's, I know who's got me. And even though the enemy may allow the evil to prosper around me, I know that my time is coming. He's just perfecting some things in me. He's maturing some things in me. He's shifting my attitude and my ideals about some things because he wants me to reflect his kingdom and his goodness as I follow him. Because look, I can't throw on the shirt and wear the label as a Christian and still walk like I used to walk in the world. And so I gotta, he's, he's chipping away some things in me right now. I didn't even realize I was walking in privilege until I saw privilege for itself. I didn't realize that I had this much anger until I had to deal with being angry. I didn't realize that I had that much hatred until hatred came down my street. But Lord, I consider joy right now. Because if you're showing it to me, you're going to mature me through it. And so here's the call to the body of Christ. In the midst of all this, what you going to do? We can light a candle and have a vigil and Lord bless their hearts. But are we going to take this time to truly fall on our faces, to repent. Because my faith tells me that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from the ways, then we will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. It's not the responsibility of those out there to fall on their face and turn from the if my people, which are called by my name, it starts in here first. What are we going to do? Count it all joy when various trials come your way. Knowing that faith produces perseverance. And perseverance makes you complete, lacking in nothing. Let us pray. Great God, we love you. <laughs> we thank you so much for the reminder in your word, God, that we have a choice in how we move forward. We can move forward angry or afraid, or we can count it all joy. 
And for some of us, God, joy could be seem so distant right now. But Father, we rest in Psalms 37 that you are close to the brokenhearted. And so, Father, right now, for each one of my brothers and my sisters, God, I pray the joy of the Holy Spirit fill them. I pray the joy of the Holy Spirit empower them. I pray the joy of the Lord be their strength. Show us your face. Show us your way. And thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen.